Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 231 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we're going to break down some fights from this weekend's UFC card. We're going to talk about Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather and a whole bunch of other stuff. But, Victor, I got to find out how you doing this week. I'm doing better. Got a little uh, off time from the day job for a couple of days. So you know what that means. A lot of cleaning and a lot of workouts. Um, I haven't worked out in like three weeks and I know I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. So that's going to be great. Uh, I do need to uh, note here live streaming will be back for a little bit. In the meantime, I will be doing more shirtless streaming on YouTube. Uh, so look out for that, uh, both PS5 and Xbox. So I don't have a camera for the Xbox, so I don't know how that, well that's going to go off. But uh, other than that, I'm, I guess, you know, just rolling along, looking to see how uh, things work out for the restructuring that we currently have in place at Bloody Elbow and hoping that uh, most of you, if not all of you, just the ones that I don't hate as much, are able to uh, join in and uh, continue to support us and uh, show some love. So, yeah, all good. All right. So before we get into our official news topics, I just wanted to touch your brain a little bit with some of the stuff that I've seen trending on Twitter over the past couple of days. And also, I wanted to touch down on the UFC admitting to lower athlete costs as they boast their best financial year ever. And by lower athlete costs, you know, using those air quotes, they mean fighter pay. Breaking this down to its most simple form, they had their best year, banner year, once again. And when they have a banner year, automatically we want to know why. And one of the reasons why is because they actually are paying the fighters less because they are using so many contender series fighters now that their athlete pay has literally dropped. And when that happens, when the pay drops and the UFC's finances soar, you know what that means? That means that the athlete cut of the revenue share drops. And check this out. If it drops by just a single percent, just one percent, that would bring their cut of the revenue share all the way down to like 15.5 percent right now. Well, actually, right now, we don't even know how much they've dropped athlete pay just that they've admitted that they've dropped athlete pay. So just 1% would bring down what we figure somewhere between 17 and 18% would drop it all the way down to 15.5. That to me is unacceptable. Victor? I, I just, I'm a little confused here because you're trying to tell me that they made more money Mm -hmm. And the fighters didn't get a raise. That's right. 
Oh, wow. Damn. You know, I, okay, look, I, I, I'll, I'll bullshit aside, all right? I got to admit to something here. I, I got to, I really need a cop of this right now because I, if you weren't around at this certain point in Bloody Elbow history, back in the comment section, um, when we, the topic of piracy would surface, I had a bit of a position in which, well, you know, if you're not paying for the pay-per-views, you have less of a moral standing to complain about fighter pay being low because you're not really, you're not, you're not a paying customer. Like you're, you're not really feeling it coming out your wallet therefore. And it's like, no, you know, I can't sit here and argue with people during the day about how trickle down economics is bullshit and then sit here and say this. You see what I mean? So maybe this is why whenever people make jokes about piracy now, I celebrate those jokes. Mm -hmm. You know what? Good. Fuck them. Because yep. no matter how much money you give them, no matter how much money they take, they continue to pay their fighters less and less and less at every opportunity. Why are these cards chock full, top to bottom with contender series guys? Do you know what those contracts look like? They don't look good. I know that. I, I, I might not know... I might not have read those contracts, but from what you're seeing and from the context clues that are being left behind by fighters and their significant others on social media, shit ain't looking great. And this is this is something, an invention that came around after the Ultimate Fighter, which was, again, yet another uh, incredibly uh, uh, systemically designed, grift-centric, fucking, just another way to lowball people in the dumbest and cheapest and, and most effective way possible. If anything, the one thing that they've been consistent and entirely professional about, it's fucking over the fighters. And this is yet further proof of that. Because yet it bores out how wrong I was. You know, no matter what happens, if you look at how I was saying this and, and, and having these positions seven, eight, nine years ago, and then you look now, well, now they're making hand over fist. There's no excuse now, is there? And so <laughs> I, I get it, sure. Zufa, UFC, underpaying fighters, water is wet. You're probably thinking, ho-hum. Okay, I get that. That's not the relevant part here. That's not the news. The news and the important thing, the biggest takeaway that we really want to make sure that we impart and that you take with you and hold in your pocket with nothing but burning and seething fucking rage is how they do it and to the lengths that they'll go to go about it. And that's that's the shame. You know, you'll still have these these sycophants and these simps going around. Oh, uh, I mean, they're making more money than if they were somewhere else. They don't make it right, man. I don't know how you can still do that and and find yourself as as someone who thinks that they're somehow uh, you know uh, better or moral or you know thinking that you're correct somehow. This is just this is just insane. Now, to add insult to injury. There are some clauses because we have not had an opportunity to talk about the the changes to the UFC contracts yet. So for that purpose, I'm going to share a little more information here and get your reaction on that. One of the things that they did was they took away the fighter's ability to form up and do another class action suit. Now, what's in there is arbitration. So if you have problems with the UFC, if you think that they are operating outside the confines of your contract, you have to go to arbitration. You are not allowed to bring suit against them, especially class action suits. So they basically made sure that nobody else that signs on the dotted line with them can form up again. The other thing that's extremely important here, Sean O'Malley, 
gave an interview the other day and said that he wanted to be basically the cannabis king. He wanted to open a dispensary and he wanted to um, sell his own strain of weed. And he wants to, you know, make that strain the most popular strain in the world, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm, know, I'm a fan now. Yeah, That's it. yeah it's, okay. it's an ambitious plan. But, you know, considering where he's at his place in space in this sport. He's got a bit of a following. He can use that as a springboard to launch his cannabis line, his dispensary, whatever. John Nash immediately replies to him. I sure hope you've gone over your contract. Make sure that the UFC can't claim any of that intellectual property or your inventions or whatever. This is going to knock your socks off. You're going to be so pissed when I tell you this. There is now a clause in UFC contracts that say that they can, not that they will, but that they can take intellectual property, inventions, anything that you start up that makes money. It's just very hazy language that basically says that they can swoop down and take some or all of your pie. The reason they put this in there is because of Conor McGregor and proper number 12. Oh, God. Because here's Conor using his platform to make this substandard whiskey shoot out of the stratosphere based solely on his name. And when he sold it in 2020, he sold it for north of $700 million. Now, his share of that was about $185 million, if I'm to understand correctly. And his, his partners, his business partners in that venture got the rest of it. They owned 49% of the company and they sold it off to the, the other owners. But his share was almost $200 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. So the UFC looked at that. And they said, oh, no, we can't let anybody else do that. We need that money. That's our money. And so now that clause has been entered into the new UFC contracts. It's one of the biggest changes. What do you think of that? <sighs> you know, man, just when you think mm -hmm. that you've seen the end, you know, just when you think you're like, well, surely it can't be more insane than that. Now, kind of. Oh God! You can't even have you can't even you can't even sell good weed without this motherfucker getting a taste. I can't believe this shit. God, everything is so broken and fucking stupid. Oh God! Now somebody make uh, it stop. Somebody asked me a question. They said, "Wouldn't it stand to reason that Connor wouldn't be in the position he's in to make proper number twelve what it was if he hadn't been in the UFC?" Well, sure. That's absolutely true. But let me ask you this. Is it fair for the UFC entering into a business deal with Conor McGregor to promote his fights? That's all. They promote his fights. They make money when he fights. They have to pay him to fight for them. Here he is. He's built this off of his own back. His fights, his wins, his belts. The UFC didn't go in there and fight for him. They promoted his fights and that's it. That's what they do. That's their job. That's but their yeah. business. Their business <laughs> is not to dip into anything he has going outside of it, but they've made that their business. And oh, that's God. so fucked up. It's beyond fucked up. I mean, every week, it's like a new fact emerges 
And I am just flabbergasted that one, nobody does anything. Nobody's doing anything about Gosh, this. What can they do? And two, the fighters are being let down by their management because I feel like if management would tell them, Hey, this, 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 and this is occurring. Maybe one of them, if just one of them took a step back and said, Hey, is there any way that we can do something different here? Well, one of them did. And, and where is he now? He's outside of the Mm -hmm. UFC. That's Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what happens. And that, by the way, I should remind you, that's the good case scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, geez. Well, wow. Geez, that's uh, now that we started with that heartwarming uh, little repertoire, I guess we're going to move on to a different situation, right? We're talking about one rat. We're going to talk about another one. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Now, see, I know if you know me, all right, if you follow me, if you have any idea what I'm really about, you know I love me some Mark Hunt. That's right, baby. Super Samoan, number one. That's my guy. Well, yeah, see... A little something might have happened over the course of the weekend that you might have noticed where John Jones ended up winning the UFC heavyweight title after about a decade or so of dawdling around, will he, won't he, playing footsie. Nope, he went in, he did the damn thing, and he got it. The big gold belt, massive weight all around his waist, and it's all his, and good for him. Problem is, you got some people that ain't exactly too thrilled about it. And of course, this is where we go right back where we started, Mark Hunt. Yeah, so of course you saw that, and he reacted in a manner that yeah, he probably didn't think was, uh, let's say maybe he didn't like it. I don't know. I'll let you be the judge. Quote, the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. A cheating steroid rat who runs into pregnant women and runs off a rat that hides under the octagon for 10 hours, hiding from being tested for drugs. This is your UFC heavyweight champion. This is the rat you need to look up to. This is the rat we promote. Please be upstanding and raise your glass to a company. That has zero credibility, worthless belt, worthless champion, and even more worthless ripoff company. Any other sport, this loser wouldn't be here. That's why UFC have no credibility because they promote this garbage. Now, look, when I do these reads, I don't usually include the hashtags, but this is Mark Hunt. You got to include him. You want to know why? Because listen to this shit. Hashtag get the fuck out of here, man. (laughs) Hashtag rodent. Rodent scon doing these grubs? Uh, hashtag Aliak. Hashtag Desi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Listen, man. My con, he ain't perfect, man. He, he really ain't. He's got some, he's got some, some pretty iffish beliefs. But I kind of can't argue against any of this stuff that he said here. Because, look, yes, John Jones has had his legal troubles like the drunk driving, like the domestic violence situation. He's had the whole, we all know about the hiding under the cage thing. Like, you know, okay, that that's, you, when it comes to matters of character, yes, he's absolutely 100% correct. Where I have to disagree with him, though, is that none of that has any real bearing on what's going on now, right? I mean, you can't really hold him hiding under the cage, you know, what, seven or six years ago, whatever the hell it was, to now. He didn't do that now. He didn't run from USADA this time around. He stood in there. He took his test. He did everything he was supposed to do. He's kept his nose clean so far that we know of. It's only been, it hasn't even been a week from the fight, so we don't have anything as far as uh, drug test results or anything like that. But let's assume that everything goes by 
Everything is above board. And, well, there's really nothing to hold against him. Then you can't really use any of this, now can you? But in terms of how John Jones has been brought back and celebrated and everything, the opportunities that he has been granted, moving an entire event from one state to another due to uh, discrepancies in terms of his levels and his system, I can see why somebody like Mark Hunt would look at that and be like, come on, man, really? Like, we're going to make a big deal out of this dude? Then you add to that the fact that Mark Hunt has his animosity towards the UFC, specifically with the manner in which the bout against Brock Lesnar at UFC 200 was handled and the lawsuit that he had filed and, of course, the ongoing uh, legal drama that continues to this day. He lost the lawsuit that he had filed back in 2019, but he's still trying to make appeals. Look, obviously this man has some very legitimate beef with these folks. He is very much insulted and offended with the manner in which they've handled the situation with him. And he had qualms while he was there, even while he was in what was the best period of his run in the UFC. He was still having disagreements, like with uh, travel arrangements and things like that. Not minor things, you know? I mean, you know, it might seem minor to some, but a lot of this stuff was was fairly, um, you know, very, very real and, and, and very uh, negligible, very unprofessional of the UFC in the way that they handled it. So, yeah, I mean, of course, bitter fighter is upset and bitter. You might, again, think water is wet. But come on, man. Like, seriously, there is something to this, though, is there not? I mean, you you can't simply think, well, he's got a belt around his waist and he sold a bunch of pay-per-views, therefore he's good now. I don't know, man. He didn't even mention the domestic violence thing like I just did, and that was just last year. So, hey, look, all the whitewashing going on, all the media complicity allowing for this to continue. Yeah, I can see why he's mad. But now I guess the question really is, Steph, you look at his complaints and you look at the points that he raised. Do you agree with me that maybe that at least those things that he brought up might not be the most relevant to bring up in this case? Yes, I agree. One hundred percent. But at the same time, you know, Mark's bitter for a reason. You know, he has every right to be bitter. He got the shaft and his his whole thing about Brock Lesnar being roided out and everything. He was absolutely right. Come on. I mean, he's been shafted. Other fighters have been shafted. I mean, they move heaven and earth for certain fighters. I I couldn't get over. Jeff Neal got his performance bonus, even though he missed weight. But Dana arbitrarily said, you know, oh, it was such a great fight. I'm just going to go ahead and give him his bonus. Well, what the hell did you do with all those other people that put up great fights and you wouldn't give them their bonus? Why Jeff Neal? Why not all of them? Precisely. I'll never forget the whole TRT situation with Vitor Belfort. I mean, you know, <laughs> Vitor on TRT was fun, though. <laughs> I, can't, I can't hate on it too much, man. Like, shit, you know what I mean. I, I just I, I, I can't be entirely too mad. Like, I get it. It wasn't fair, but fuck, that was fun. <laughs> he landed those spinning back kicks and shit. The way he knocked out Belfort and Rock Holy Karate Bitch. I mean, come on, man. Like, you, you got to give just like a little bit like... Those the, the the exceptions and the favoritism were not good, but they at least yielded some fun moments. Yeah, for <laughs> you know? sure. This not so much. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I totally get that. All right, so 
we are going to move on to some Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather news. Oh, boy. Now, admittedly, I got my hackles up when I saw this. And what I saw was basically after a basketball game last night, after the Miami Heat game, Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather were there. And it didn't occur to me at the time that this is a setup for a fight. It did not occur to me. I bit hook, line, and sinker onto that hook. And now I'm feeling like an asshole. But if this were playing out the way I thought it was, which is, it looked to me like Jake Paul's out there with just one of his security detail and Floyd Mayweather is John Adam in the parking lot and he's got somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 25 guys with him. TMZ said it was between 15 and 40 dudes. No, come on. Yeah. And, you don't and need you, all that. What, did you see the, you haven't seen the video clearly. It's no. a lot. They, I mean, it is a lot of dudes. Okay. And it's just Jake Paul and his one bodyguard. I mean, they were rolling deep, okay? And so when I saw that, I was like, yo, that is fucked up. You know, all that over the I got your hat thing, which was no. to hype up Floyd's fight with his brother? Come on. You cannot be serious. And you wouldn't believe how many people defended that. People were actually defending Floyd rolling up with tw between 15 and 40 dudes on one dude over a tipped hat <laughs> during a promotional bit for a fight week. Are you kidding me? Ah, he, he was asking for it. That's what he gets. What? You're advocating for this dude to be beaten to a pulp by 40 dudes? Are you fucking kidding me? Man, this community is just rotten. You want to hear something funny? I don't care. I really don't. I mean, you know what? If 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 those dudes had jumped them, I would have probably just speculated that that was for show. They probably went easy on them. Like I don't I don't trust anything that these guys do. I don't believe that there is a genuine and sincere effort uh, in terms of them like really having that kind of beef. Because let's be real, Floyd already did business with his brother. Yeah, he's probably going to do business with Jake, especially especially look what have i said about floyd mayweather for years now that man is not going to get out of bed for a fight that he has any chance of thinking that he can't win and win in an incredibly convincing and unequivocally just 100 like no that's him he won nobody there's no way he's wiping the floor with people that are not legitimate boxers and what does he see now the brother of a guy that he just beat who is also not a legitimate boxer on top of that Jake just fought Tommy Fury. Mm -hmm. Floyd saw what was going on there. And when you have been around this game as long as mm -hmm. Floyd has, you recognize and see tendencies. You study tape. You don't need to do too much. <laughs> he probably saw what he needed to see in that fight and said, all right, cool. I know what we're going to do. And sure. You know what? Let's go. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. If he steps to me, if I run into him and he starts talking shit, whatever, then I'll just uh, you know talk shit right back because he knows how to do this. It's not always sincere it's usually very transparent because floyd is by you know to my view an incredibly shitty actor uh he's he's generally just not great at, at hiding this sort of thing and that's what this seems like to me i have not seen the video i only saw a couple of screenshots i don't really care i'm not really like you know when i say i don't care i just mean in the sense that like 
I, I'm not as far as the hype and the drama. I don't really care for that. That's why. In fact, you know what? I'll extend it. No, you know what? I take that back. I don't care if they fight. If they do, whatever. A couple of guys are gonna make a whole bunch of money. That's it. That's all this is. And so anything other than that, like no, I, I, I'm sure there might be some possibility that this was some kind of legitimate beef that they simply coincidentally just happened to be in Miami and they had an altercation yet again. Sure. Okay. Maybe I'll grant you that that's possible. Do I think it's likely the way that these two attention whores like doing things that this is exactly like right up their alley? The fact that they know that we remember the gotcha hat moment. Come on, man. I don't buy it. I just don't. And anything like that is just any, anytime I see this specific behavior from either of these guys, I immediately just think, okay, great. This is more media bullshit. When I see both of them, it's like, no, now it's exponential. Why? Why would I need to be concerned? What? There's no. Would you be excited for a fight between either uh, between these two guys in any way, in any capacity? Mm-mm. Precisely. <laughs> but this is. No. And I got to hand it. Listen, I started watching Bomani Jones's new show on HBO. What's not new? I think it's season two at this point. And let me tell you something. That Jake Paul episode was fantastic. I'll give you a minor spoiler. He does actually get to pl- throw in. Um, an interview that he had done with Jake, who clearly had no idea who Bamani was. He was not ready for that interview. And it is really extraordinary. It's very much worth watching. But the point is that he went on and expanded on this after the Tommy Fury fight on his podcast. And he said something really uh, interesting. He says, you know, the main thing about Jake is I don't see him as a fighter. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. What I'm saying is I see him as a promoter. He's a guy who's out here selling. And what he sells is sports for people that are not sports fans. And this is the same thing that we say about bare knuckle, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not really a fan of bare knuckle boxing. You're a fan of people that you know moving on to this thing that's a different violent circus spectacle. Okay, well, now you're doing that here with YouTubers and boxers and former MMA fighters and, you know, circus acts and more uh, Instagram influencers and whatever the fuck. I mean, it, th- that's all this is. So to see these two dudes having a little thing in the parking lot and then they probably text each other later high-fiving, like, I don't give a fuck, man. I, I just I, I just really – we're never going to be free of this until they're both gone, until they both stop doing it. So – here we are, I suppose. Great. Nice, nice little sizzle reel. Well, the point of my my uh, query to you was if this were real, would it upset you? I mean, 15 to no. 40 dudes on one? That That's pretty fucked up, wouldn't you say? I'm not saying it, it's possibly real. I'm saying let's just suspend that for a second and let's say this was a real situation. Would, it, yeah. would you care? That would be a bitch move. Yeah, that would absolutely. That's yeah, that that's that's different. That is that is entirely different. I yeah. apologize for not kind of yeah. straying off as far as I did into the woods there. Yeah. But no, that yeah, that obviously. I mean, come on. There's there's no need for that shit. Come on, you don't need to. You don't need fifty dudes to stomp out one guy. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Now I am totally in your boat now, though. I one hundred percent believe that this is all a setup now. But at first. I didn't I didn't get that. I didn't I didn't have that vibe, but I didn't think about it. You know, I was reactionary when I saw it. My knee jerk reaction was how fucked up it seemed. But as the day wore on, I saw other stories and comments and this and that, you know, things started fitting together for me. But my my whole uh, line of questioning was, what if it were real? And what would you think of that? Because mm, yeah. for me, I thought it was pretty fucked up. And I thought it was real up until a few hours ago. So yeah. I was pretty, pretty indignant about it. 
You know, this is this is the kind of thing that I wish I wish there was one person in combat sports that would learn this lesson, that would learn how to coordinate and do stuff like this. And that's Dylan Dennis. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a far less. He just. He's oh, a God, save some disaster. of the embarrassment for the rest of us, buddy. You're not supposed to eat the whole thing out the fucking trough. Mm. Come on. Yeah, he's a walking disaster. You know, the, the little Peanuts character, Pigpen, it's always oh, a mess. He's always very messy. That <laughs> he got the is stinky Dylan clouds. Dennis right there. Dylan Dennis got the stinky clouds. <laughs> oh, it is Pigpen, yeah. I'm not a fan at all. No shit. <laughs> you don't fucking say. <laughs> all right, so... Anyways, this is the portion where we actually give you some some fight stuff. So we have UFC Fight Night. It's actually not happening at the Apex. I believe it's happening at a Hard Rock. So, wow. It's still in Vegas, but I don't know if we can actually call it UFC Vegas 71. Wait, it's... wait, wait. Are they doing the, the slap thing that same day or something? Well, what's going on? Why, why aren't they using that? I don't know. Um, I would have to do a little investigating. I really don't care. I don't... They heard Mark Hunt and they're fumigating for rats. <laughs> right. They called in Orkin, the uh, new the sponsor venue of the UFC. Is the theater at Virgin Hotels. That's where it's at. But it's uh, in Vegas. Uh, so I guess it is sort of loosely UFC Vegas 71. But in any event, it's Piotr Jan versus Merab Dvalishvili. That's a great main event. It's not... Um, it's, it definitely wouldn't carry a pay-per-view, but I think no. it's great for, for a fight night like this. I think that's a solid matchup. They're very high-ranked fighters. Very, very good matchmaking there. But we have five fights from this card that we are picking. Mm -hmm. And so the first one is going to be Anton Turkaj versus Vitor Petrino. Now... I like this fight. I'm a fan of Anton Turkoj. I know that when he got to the UFC, uh, Gilton beat the crap out of him, but I still like him. You know, he's still dynamic and, and fun to watch. And I just have a feeling that he might be a bit too much for Vitor Petrino. So I am going to take Anton Turkoj. And I believe yep, Mookie has taken him as well. Here's my thing, man. I, I when this we go back to the contender series thing, mm -hmm. where you have these guys that they end up getting these contracts. If they come in, they look phenomenal. And how do they get on the contender series in the first place? Because they got a highlight reel that looks phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But then you take a closer look, and you're looking at a guy like uh, Petrino, who at being two and zero fought a guy who was one and seventeen. Now look, I don't expect him to fight a guy who's ten and one. When you're two and zero, but you know it kind of brings some questions. And he went on, he beat Antigolov uh, at UAE Warriors while he was five and zero. Antigolov was twenty and eight, and he's a finishing machine. So he only has really one scrub, and then a couple other folks that were kind of like you know just just very inexperienced. Um, he's he's the dude can crack. The dude's really good, and this is where like I want to pick Tarkash. But I also have my reservations because, oh, man, this dude, he might really spoil the party here, man. Jailton has his chokes, but this dude got the hands. And I really worry. I really worry that if if things – if Anton doesn't um, – if he doesn't kind of have any sense of urgency early and if he doesn't really pay attention early, like if he gets a little too lax trying to suss things out and, and gauge where the fight goes – he might get slept before round two, and I'm kind of worried about that there. So, I, ah, shit. You know what? I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wing it. I'm gonna go with Petrino. Whatever. 
I should go with Turkaz because I mean, with that nickname, the Pleasure Man, like I know, I figured you were gonna immediately set down I, on that, but no, nope. I should sue him for copyright infringement. That's my <laughs> gimmick. <laughs> All right, so we have Said Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. Woo! Mm. Jonathan Martinez is in trouble. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I I don't want to disparage the guy. Uh, he's a solid dude and everything, but Said Nurmagomedov is on another level. And as Victor always says, there are levels to this game. And Said's about 14 levels above Jonathan Martinez, I'm sorry to say. But uh, I'm taking him. Mookie's taking him. And the way that Victor gave me that long, drawn-out sigh, whew, I bet he's taking him, too. I don't, I, you know, I hate when a Factory X guy gets in there in a really bad matchup because generally those those guys do really, really well. But sometimes there's only so much your coaching and preparation can do, you know, because certain guys just have that. They build up that experience over the, the length of their career in a certain direction. And it's just they're just it's just tough to, to sus, you know, to really um build something some kind of antidote again him and Saeed is one of those dudes man you really want to you really want to doubt under Magomedov in 2023 I know I don't so I'm going with Saeed all right now we get to a fight that we picked a couple of weeks ago Nikita Krilov versus Ryan Spann I am still sticking with Spann are you because you picked him as well Mookie went with Krilov I was about to ask you, like, wait, who did I pick on that one? Oh, I totally forgot Ryan that that Spahn fell apart. When I saw the card this morning, and I realized that this fight was on, I'm like, Did, didn't 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 Krilov just fight like three weeks ago or two weeks ago? What the hell? Ha- oh no, right, he didn't. Yeah, I forgot. Um, and interestingly enough, it's it's showing up here as being a two fifteen. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's not being contested at two oh five. Which, all right, I mean, I not the worst decision given the short turnaround mm-hmm. and the peaking in the camp and all that. So yeah, I, I'm if you have even less weight to cut and you're going to be relatively fresher, then I have to double down on Span. Like, please, I think he'll win even faster now than I had initially anticipated. <laughs> all right. See, um, you know, you and I are like the only people in the in the entire world picking him. I don't know what? why. Yeah, I mean, How you is, should go. I... You should go look on the bloody elbow picks, and you should just look through your timeline. Everybody's picking Krilov. Bro, what? Yo, Ryan Span could like summon a hawk and like call lightning down upon Krilov at this point. What are you? What is we doing? I don't is know. our children learning? No. <laughs> All right, we get to the co-main event. Pretty solid one, too. I like this fight. Alexander versus Alexander. We have some Alex on Alex Crime. And we have the Romanov facing <laughs> off against the Volkov. And listen, Alexander Volkov has a whole heck of a lot of experience. And he's got mm. better cardio. And that is a problem with Alexander Romanov. He shit the bed in his last fight cardio wise and uh let i i believe it was marcin tibura that beat him that that took his oh let me just go and make absolute marcin tibura was his last fight and he lost that one okay so i i was right okay so you know (laughs) i just feel like experience and cardio is going to be the deciding factor here so i'm gonna go against my gut feeling and I'm going to pick with my brain this time. And I'm going to pick Volkov. My, mm. my my heart wants to pick Romanov. I really like the guy. But I don't think that he's quite there yet. Okay. Maybe he so won't he, be. 
I don't know. So so here's what's going on with this, right? If you look at Romanov's record, right, the guys that he fought starting off in 2016 when he turned pro, not very good. Right. He gets to the UFC. He fights Roque Martinez, who's very – he's fun, but he's limited, right? right. Uh, Rogerio de Lima, who I believe was either injured or compromised in some way, didn't fight you know his usual way and ended up losing that one, but fine. Juan Espino, who was primarily a grappler, and that was a – Technical split decision and whatever. And then Jared Vandera, who's also very, very limited. And then after that, a win against Chase Sherman, who, my God, <laughs> did, did I say did I say limited? Yeah. Come on, man. I got love for Chase. I think he's funny. I think he's interesting. I think he's cool. But no. But here's the other thing. Capping it all off. 2022, he loses to Marcin Tabor. You expect me to trust this motherfucker? Right. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Even if you're a white guy named King Kong, I, I respect it. But no. We're not going to do this. Not today. I refuse to accept. Now, can he get in close and clinch bully Volkov in some way? Maybe, but I can kind of see Volkov peppering him from the outside, working his technique, doing not something entirely different from what he did to Greg Hardy. Now, I'm not saying that Romanov and Greg Hardy are the same guy, but you know what I mean? Like, it just he's good at disarming dudes. Like you said, that experience is key. And when you lose to better guys than most of the uh, people that that Romanov has beaten you know man like I, what what are we really doing here i'm sorry that mma math does bear out in this one and i got to go with uh, volkov all right another thing about volkov he's not you know a grappling ace per se but he does have some underrated grappling and he can grapple some now, I feel like it's probably more than enough for a guy like Romanov, but um, it is something worth noting that Volkov can grapple. It's He's not the best grappler, but he, he's got some chops. We'll say that. Now, we get to the main event. I really like this fight a lot. Piotr Jan versus Merab Dvalishvili. And I'm going to tell you why I'm picking Piotr Jan. Because when he fought Aljamain, he out-wrestled Aljamain. Aljamain beat him on the feet, but he was winning the wrestling. Now, you've got Merov, who has endless cardio and is like a juggernaut, but he's a wrestling juggernaut. Yes, he strikes, but his strikes aren't um, aren't his, his equalizer. They're not his primary weapon. His primary weapon is wrestling. And if Piotr was out-wrestling Aljo, and he's got better striking than Merov. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to give the edge to Piotr. I might be making a huge mistake here, but I don't know. I just feel like maybe maybe the dots are connecting. They're lining up just right. I, I just feel that way, but I, I'm taking Yon. Mookie is also taking Yon. Hmm. Ah. See, look, I was tempted to pick Jan at first, but Mirab does train with Aljo. He learns with Aljo. He's seen what Aljo did to succeed in that fight. And I don't doubt that in some way there's some sort of shared knowledge and 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 uh, principles that can be utilized here. And on top of that, yes, Jan's grappling is great, but Mirab is primarily a hard-nosed wrestler. Not very differently from from Aljo, and he can crack. He's just got to be a little more disciplined about it in this one, and make sure that he avoids uh, Jan's sort of razor like counter game and 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 his um, ability to close distance. So I kind of worry about that, but I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna pick Marab on this one. All right. 
So, uh, Victor is the only one with... No, actually, both of us, uh, because we picked Spawn and Mookie picked Krilloff. And you are picking Vitor Petrino and Marab Devalishvili. So that's going to wrap us up. Folks, you know the drill. Follow this guy on Twitter, at Vic M. Rodriguez. You can follow Mookie on Twitter, at Mookie Alexander, myself, at Crooklyn MMA, the show, at Level Change Pod. Follow this guy on his Instagram, Victor Sinister Rodriguez. And... What what is the 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 name of the um OnlyFans again? Ah, Tiger Driver ninety one. Tiger Driver ninety one on OnlyFans. And what's your Twitch? Uh, well, I'm on Twitch as sort of Pop Catalyst, but I'm going to be doing it on YouTube. So just uh, Liquid Head at YouTube. I'll be uh, showing that up on Twitter. You'll be seeing it there. My God, we need a link tree for you. I, yeah, you're right. Please do that so we can just direct everybody to your link tree. You have, and they're all different, damn it. Can't you make them all the same? No, because people keep taking shit. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Mookie is the managing editor over at SB Nation's Field Goals website. So definitely visit him there. Uh, Victor and I work for Bloody Elbow. You can check out all our work over there. And until next time. Please stay safe. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Bivis Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, the Hey Not The Face Podcast, and radio-style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.